snap back. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! IU is no longer accepting bowl bids to Florida Bowls. This is the LEO Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bragg. You can follow me on Twitter at Braggley. That's B-R-A-G-G-L-E-Y. Here with my co-host, Brandon. You can find him on Twitter at Brandon Dubich. That's Brandon spelled the traditional way. Dubich, D-U-B-I-C-H. What's up, Brando? What is up? Uh, the program. Uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to say that the program is up. We're going to talk about the game. Uh, I've had some time to think about it. I excited to chat it with you and everybody else. A little positive, a little positive, but I'll take it. That's fine. We can be positive a little bit. It won't stay that way for long. There, there, there's what they call in the biz, a teaser. All right. All right. Well, the bull drought continues. Uh, we're now up to. The big fat 3-0, bro. 30 years now. 3-0 since we've won a bowl game. And it's going to be 31, I think, until we win. <laughs> or at least have another opportunity to win one. Um, let's, I guess, let's break down the game a little bit. Everybody no, 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 no. Let's, let's not break down the game yet. Because, <laughs> you know, we, we've had four in recent memory. Five if we want to go back to the Insight Bowl. I think this one was the least heartbreaking out of all of them. Right? Like it wasn't an onside kick in the Gator Bowl. It wasn't the kick is good in in the Pinstripe Bowl. Uh, you know we've had more heartbreaking losses, um, and we've never had this good of a season. So that's how I'm justifying things in my own head. Am I just an internal optimist, or do I have some validity there? I don't know, dude. I'm mad. I'm mad about it. I thought we played like like dog poo. Like, we did not play well. I thought it was a really bad loss. I thought it was a bad team we were going against. It w- All right, we have to break it down. Let's break it down. I mean, we lost. Yeah. We lost 20 to 26. Um, if there's any sort of silver lining, which I think we'll we'll get into here in a little bit in some more detail, is we did hold uh, a very high-powered offense to 26 points. It didn't seem like it. It seemed like they scored 46, but no, they only scored 26. Um, so... Michael, 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 everyone, everyone. Okay. Let's just, everyone knows who have listened long enough. I have no problem with calling out players, right? That's true. Everyone's trashing Sheridan, Allen, Womack, WAP. This game, if anyone listened to our pregame pod, I said, what cannot happen? Tuttle cannot shit down his leg. What happened? Tuttle shit down his leg. I mean, that, People overcomplicate football, Michael. My Tuttle was terrible. It doesn't matter if it's high school, college, NFL. If your quarterback, the most important position on the field, doesn't put you in position to win, you're going to lose. That's true. Right? That's or true. right? No, and it's true. And it's it's so hard, man. I mean, if the reports are true that come out, the dude played the majority of the game with a separated shoulder. We could tell something was bothering him with or bothering his shoulder. Throw that right off the fucking door because he was bad before the separated shoulder. <laughs> yeah, but you think Penix is bad. You don't like Penix most of the year. I think his accuracy is bad. I, I like he's a gamer. Let's the, get the, the guy. The guy ra- rises to the occasion, but the guy still has a sub sixty percent completion. We're not talking panic. Stop bringing up panic. That's for another pod and another time. This game was about Tuttle. You know, we've talked about how I'm a Steeler fan. You know, why did the why did the Steelers go on a three game losing streak? Because Ben Roethlisberger sucked balls. Why why did why did the uh, Hoosiers lose this game? Because their quarterback sucked balls. There's other things. There's other things we can go into. 
But ultimately, if the most important player on the field doesn't play well, you lose. End rant. All right. So I guess we don't have to break down the game. <laughs> let's move on. No. All right. Let's break it down. I got a couple bullet points. You've got like 100 bullet points. And so we'll kind of go through them here real quick. At least. Um, were we outclassed, man? Like, I don't want to do the whole Big Ten SEC thing. But like, I again... To me, in the moment, it felt close at the end. Like, hey, we got a chance to go down and win, blah, blah, blah. But at the, after sitting back and like thinking about it, I never felt comfortable in that game at all. I mean, our offensive line it felt like it was dominated. What the hell are we doing flipping around tackles? We haven't done that, have we, ever? <laughs> That's not a thing. That's not so it's... flip around tackles in a bowl game. I'm glad. Again, what what did we again? I hate to toot our own horns, but what did we say? We said this coaching staff makes adjustments in game. I love that they flipped around tackles. They had to do something because their edge rushers were too much for our offensive line. We had to rotate Haggard and Benson and Jones because they were just straight beating us off the ball. The place that was most obvious where we were outclassed was the offensive and defensive line. Now, I would have thought going into the game, that would have been a strength of ours. I figured we play in the Big Ten. We got big boys. We were going to be able to push on both sides. I'm a little disappointed. I mean, our offensive line has been disappointing all year, but I was a little disappointed in in, in Jerome and Demarcus Elliott and CO. Now, Jerome made a few plays in the second half, but for the most part, OK Corral had all day. Yeah. The, the running lanes were wide open. Yep. Um, the, the position that I saw we were most outclassed in was in the trenches. And that might have been the big, biggest shock to me. Yeah. And it, it's a thing that we've done a lot. And I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here. Um, we rotate our defensive line all the time. You see CO in there. You, you named him CO, uh, Demarcus Elliott, Javon Swan. Uh, Jamar Johnson, you see them all in there all the time. Boom, 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 boom. But that tempo, we it's like, what if we didn't even study their tape or something? Like they came see, out. I, I disagree there, man. Yeah. You can study all the tape you want. You, you heard me. I was in your freaking living room. The coaches can scheme all they want. The players got to make plays. And we're going to get into that. That's, that's probably bill point number 74, 82, and 91. Um, and we'll, and we'll get into it, but. And and I think your bullet point on our outline was, you know, outclassed. And and my, my first one was quarterback and offensive and defensive line. That is where we were outclassed. I thought we matched their running backs. I thought our wide receivers, while their wide receivers made plays, I thought we were just as talented at the skill positions. I just don't, I think in the trenches and under center is where we were outclassed. Yeah. And, you know, I've got tackling in there. Our tackling was bad. And I thought that they, they didn't miss any tackles. I didn't, I didn't feel like they missed anything. Stevie ran hard. Um, but hey, that's a, that's a different, a different story for a different part in the podcast. But, um, you know, we talked about Tuttle and you, you so, so real, real quick. I mean, you, you brought up tackling and dude, I played high school fucking football. So anyone can throw away this, you there's there's two reasons you over tackle one because you have bad fundamentals and you weren't coached right that i don't think is the case another reason you miss tackles because you're trying to do too much you 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 pursue too quickly you you react you know and, and don't and take bad angles that's what i think they were doing i think we pressed i think it's like the first quarter was bad and then we just pressed the Again, take this from a guy who, you know, played freaking high school football, but those are the two reasons that most missed tackles happen. Either you're just not talented and not coached right, or you're pressing. And, and, and in my opinion, we got in our own heads. Yeah, and there's two games. There's two games where I felt like that, and it was this game and it was Ohio State, and we both both games came down to the fourth quarter, the final drive. Those two teams are totally different two teams, but they were the two biggest games I think that we've played all season. And I think that we were way too hyped coming into the game, way too trying to prove a point, 
trying to uh, prove everybody wrong, as they say, um, and prove that we belonged in a better bowl. But instead, we came out and we looked like an average team. We didn't look like the number seven team, eight team, 11, whatever poll you want to go on in the country. We can we, like can we come out and say you and 25. I were ripping Reese Davis saying our offense sputtered after Penix went out and your, you and I's reaction were the same thing. Like Reese, you're smarter than that. I like Reese Davis. Um, and, and he said, you know, the offense plummeted or, or some overreaction clickbaity thing. And you and I are like, we had one game against a top 10 defense in the country on the road. Turns out, turns out Reese Davis was right. Um, you know, insert foot and mouth there. Cause you and I were ripping him to shreds and he was right. He was spot on. Yeah, exactly. And we've got, um, the reason, the reason has to be Tuttle. I mean, I don't know. Again, we don't know. We're not there. We're not in the program. We're not seeing what plays are being called. We don't know any of that stuff, but we can look at all the stats, everything that's going on. The kid targeted WAP like 22 times or something like that. I mean, there's that. Was that part of the game plan? Was that just something Tuttle felt comfortable with? He didn't do it when we were in Wisconsin. Um, so I, it's, it's just a weird thing, man. Just a weird offensive but, display. Again, as someone who's never played quarterback at any level, um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to put on a quarterback hat, even though it's undeserved. You do that when you have no other confidence. You know, when, when, you know he didn't progress through his reads. He force fed a guy he had confidence in, and that's about it. He 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 had no. He had no confidence in throwing the ball downfield until too late. He started pushing the ball downfield in the fourth quarter, but by then, unfortunately, we couldn't get a stop. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though their kicker tried um, to give us the game, you know, I, I just, I think you're right. It came down to Tuttle falling in love with one guy because he didn't have confidence. Exactly. And, you know, let's, let's, let's rein ourselves in here real quick. Let's go ahead and let's let's break down the game. Let's go quarter by quarter, or let's go yep. half by half. Maybe I mean the first half wasn't that bad. Thirteen three at halftime. Again, you and I felt like we were on our heels the entire half. Like I don't. I mean, it feels like again a lot worse than thirteen to three going into halftime. I knew what the score was, what it was, but it felt a lot worse than thirteen to three. Had that blocked field goal not happened, um, it would have been sixteen to three. Maybe. Um, you know, if McFadden wasn't, you know, freaking out because he had the ball in his hands, maybe it was a different story going into halftime and maybe the game. Talk about a guy who probably good. haven't played offense in a long time. Yeah, forever. Holy it's cow. Like he, he like even school. did his like look to the side and look to the other side <laughs> and just kneeled. He had no idea what to do. He had, yeah. And he must've been blacked out because B fits was like right in his face telling him like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And the dude just drops down to a knee. And then in the second half, you know, we give up 13 points. So, again, if, if you're giving up 26 points to one of the best offenses in the country, that's good, dude. If I told you but I – But, Michael, Kane Womack didn't prepare. Everyone online is saying he had his mind made up. It, isn't that just bullshit? It, can we just say that is a horrible, is. lazy take? Yep. B- throwing Kane Womack for holding a team that scores 42 points a game in the SEC – to 26 points yeah a hypothetical i tell you iu iu gives up 26 points 26 points wap has 18 catches stevie scott gets two touchdowns 100 yards. and 100, 100 yards we win the game right 100 times uh, un- un- unless you listen to my players to watch and i say the quarterback can't shit his leg <laughs> oh, shit yeah, down his leg exactly so who's you know who's to blame we don't want to let's not pile on the kid again if the reports are true, the dude's out there playing with a, a separated shoulder and we had really no other choice. I'm not that I don't want to see. All right. Um, so let's go into that. I mean, I know this isn't really breaking down the game and it's talking more hypotheticals. You have one game. You haven't won a bowl game in 29 years. Why didn't we see more wildcat? Why didn't we see a possession or two with Dexter Williams? That's a good question. You know, we saw the Wildcat towards the end of the game, which not soon enough. No, not soon enough. We didn't see any of the run game soon enough. Enough. I mean, hey, Oko. Oh, he. he oh, Oko. That's not. A, that's not a word. He got 19 carries. 
19 carries, 99 yards. That's over five yards a carry. Tim Baldwin, three carries, 17 yards. That's over five yards a carry. So that's 22, 22 carries for 116 yards. That's not enough, man. When Tuttle's throwing the ball 45 times with a, with a Michael, shoulder you're that's not, not this even lazy. there. Michael, you're not this lazy. Stop being some of these other lazy podcasts. We know that they gave Tuttle the reins. I'm, I, I would guess a quarter of those throws were RPOs that he pulled through a quick slant, through a bubble screen. So it was t- – and a lot – and people who don't know football say, why, why did Sheridan – why did Tom Allen let Tuttle throw the ball 47 times? you got to understand that probably a quarter of those throws were RPO options, if not more. So it's Tuttle's decision to throw that many times, whether it was the right decision or wrong decision. I honestly haven't watched enough game tape. I haven't rewatched to know if he made bad reads or not. They could have been the right reads. It could have been the wrong reads. I don't know. I'm not watching that game again for a very long time. But again, stop throwing the freaking staff under the bus because those are RPOs. It's the quarterback's decision to throw 47 times. 45 whatever 45 times sorry i'm getting worked up (laughs) okay so again let's just let's not do this anymore let's not do this to ourselves anymore let's not do this to the listeners anymore no 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 no. okay 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 you i do stop crapping on the kid that's what i'm that's what i'm getting to on tuttle okay i'm done with i'm done with quarterback for us can we move can we move to wap because i gotta shit on wap a little bit Poor Whopper. Yeah, let's go. Let's get him. I mean, 18 can we... catches, 81 yards, and uh, a massive fumble in the game. That's 18 it. 18 catches, 81 yards. Another podcast that I listened to. 140 yards probably, but he ran backwards for like 60 yards. If he doesn't fumble that, we tie the game at worst. Right. Yeah. When is the fumble? Second quarter? No. Third, end of third quarter. Third end of quarter. third quarter. Third they quarter. went down and scored and made it a ten-point game. We're down three, Michael. We're down three. At worst, we're tying the game. He fumbles. They get a decent return around midfield, and they go down and score. That. That was the big run, wasn't it? That was the. The fumble to pick up, and then they they've got the thirty something yard run, and then they scored right after that. Um, so yeah. it was early fumble. third. They, they scored at nine twenty in the third quarter to make it twenty to six. So so again, I was wrong, all kinds of wrong. It was thirteen to six, and we're driving. Thirteen to six, it. and we're driving. We would have tied it. We could have tied up the game. Thirteen thirteen. It's a different ball game. That defense. We talked about it the entire time you were here. That defense needed something. That defense was on its heels the entire game and but felt like they were carrying the entire team because the offense couldn't do anything. And so they needed something. They needed a spark. That's why I thought maybe that blocked field goal was going to be a spark. We come out. We get a field goal on the first possession, I believe, of the third quarter, and we're, we're close. We're, we're almost there, and then they that happens. You know, we feel all that momentum, 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 and then WAP tries to make a play, which, I mean, that's fine for No, he, I mean – Dude, he was carrying that thing like a loaf of bread. He's a senior. He needs like, to you go got, down. You got to go. I'm I'm doing this in a in a audio recording. <laughs> you got to put two hands on the ball and put your head down. Like a senior doesn't make that mistake. Yeah, but it goes back to the whole thing we talked about with the tackling, though. It's he's he's at home, right? He's from Tampa, right? So he's at home. He's got however many family members there, and it could be his last game. And he's he's hyped, man. That's he's a hype player. He's an energy player. And he tried to do too much, which is the same thing. He tr- well, I'm not going to say that against Penn State, but uh, oh, he lost us the Penn State game, too. We, 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 we can say. Wap, Wap's won us some games. Wap's lost us some games. Yep. Yep. Now, again, you've got you're, you're, you're going to virtually punch me in the face. We can rip on Tuttle all we want. 
Watt doesn't fumble that ball game ball. It's a completely different game. It's a totally different game. That's what I'm saying. We're tied 13, 13. That defense is going to come out to that. And you know, that's the play. That's the time where he's going to go over. We talked about it. Somebody needs to go around and do what WAP did. And, uh, whatever the chest. game and just start punching people just start punching people in the chest get them hyped that place would they would have been hyped man and there were so many iu fans there that crowd would have been going nuts like that's a totally different game but again it's all hypothetical it's all whatever it's over and here we are with a depressing like choppy <laughs> all over the place uh post-game review of of what we solve without reviewing it because i don't want to watch it man it makes me sick to watch a game like that a game where oh, so so again watch this game or should have won what what was the defense doing it was pressing what was tuttle doing pressing what was wop doing pressing this is all on field stuff that the coaches have absolutely no control over can we can we talk about some things that i think the coaches did have control over that i think they messed up on do it what were your thoughts on alfred bryant in coverage <laughs> oh man not good ones I, it's the first time i've seen it all year first time i've noticed it all year and there's like what is this zone what is this zone defense we're playing all of a sudden and the adjustments we talked about with them not bringing with they bring pressure off the corner what was what was the play immediately old miss prepared for this every time slant Hot route, hot route. Or go route, and it didn't matter. They were on the same page all game. Now, they didn't hit on everything, thank God, or else this game's a, a totally different score. But there was no, there were no adjustments to that. And then they're sitting here putting um, putting Bryant out in coverage against that, what was it? John Reese. John Rice. John Reese. And, cooked him. Uh, cooked him. Yeah, just totally cooked him down the side. And that, that was a big, big play in the game, too. But it it's you know again it is what it is man it's it's not <sighs> just frustrated. <laughs> so okay, so again you you kind of stole my thunder on um on, on the corner blitzes. We rotate a lot, and I think we have that ability because we have the depth. You're in a bowl game, a bowl that a program that hasn't won in 29 years. Did we rotate too much? Did we not let, like, sometimes Taiwan Mullen was not on the field. Sometimes I would look out there and it would be Jalen Williams and Reese Taylor. Sometimes I would look out there and Micah McFadden wasn't out there. And we had at, at Aaron, you know, we, we had other, other linebackers out there. So I don't think we played our playmakers enough. Now I get it. We, we've done it all year like that. But in a one game scenario, did we rotate too much? No, I, you're you're not going to get me on the rotate stuff, though, because I, I think it's a good thing. And especially how deep we are, man. If James Miller is your backup. How many I, times did Jalen Williams get beat by uh, get beat by Drummond? By Drummond. I mean, that's just that dude's a physical freak compared to to Williams. So, I mean, maybe you're put, right. Put there. him on Big Ten's best corner. I bet he does two thirds of what he did. It's America's best corner, but whatever. Um, you, you're probably right. I mean, again, you didn't hear about Mullen at all this game. You want to know why? Because they never targeted whoever he was on. And on purpose, it, they didn't even look that way. I don't even know how many, did he have any pass deflections? He had zero. He got beat on one where where he jumped and and the safety made a good play. He, he went to go make an interception on a play. Yeah. That's the only play that I could make, that only mistake he made. And, and Again, it, I mean, it, that, that's, what, that's what we've been doing all year, so you can't blame them. Um, but, yeah, so, so you don't think we rotated too much. I think we did. I, I think, I think in, a, in a week-by-week Big Ten grind where, you know, you're playing Michigan State this week and, and you got Wisconsin next week and you got Ohio State the week after that, you have to rotate. There's no game after this. It's a one game situation. Play your dudes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. I can Play see it, but I don't think that was the problem. Dudes. I don't think, again, I don't think the defense was the problem, though, Brandon. I don't. So, okay. So, 26 here, here, points. <laughs> 26. So, so, here we go. So, here, here we go. Here, here's another thing that I know you're not a big hockey guy, and probably not a lot of people on this podcast is a, are hockey guys. 
But there's a thing that I, I don't know what you call it in basketball, baseball, and football, so I'm going to use the hockey term. It's called puck luck, right? It's defenders falling down. It's balls bouncing your way. We didn't get that, and we've kind of – no. Now there, there's some there's some logic and you create your own puck luck. And I think we did that a lot of the year, but how many interceptions fell right at our feet that we were just a, just a little bit off? How many times did our wide receivers get ankle tackled and we almost broke one? Like that's a very small part of this equation, but if just one of those things, like if just one of those tip passes flew one more yard, or one of their DBs fell that kind of seemed like it was happening all year. We got zero puck luck in this game. And it was just, and you add that that's the kind of the cherry on top to everything we said, because if, if, and again, you heard me and you were tired of me saying it, then I'm sure you're tired of me saying it. Now, if Reese Taylor doesn't get offensive pass interference, he is a pick six in the first quarter. I don't know if it was their first drive or second drive, but it was a screen that he swam moved. And the, the guy that he, that tried to block him grabbed his shoulder. Yep. And, but, but if Reese Taylor doesn't get grabbed, that's a pick six and we're up seven, three or seven, nothing. And, and we just didn't have those little things fall our way this game. Yeah. And nobody's going to double check me on this, but, and I think it's true. Um, I know we, led the country in interceptions going into this game. And I'm pretty sure we led the country in points off of turnovers coming into this game as well. And that's a big part of our offense. And it's a bigger part of our offense when we don't have our quarterback, our QB one, at least playing the guy that's, that's already a top. Well, according to ESPN, they said 17, a top 17 Heisman candidate for next year. The kid is special, and we saw in the last, I want to say two games, but not really, Wisconsin's tough. But in the last game against a, a, a major conference opponent that's not in the Big Ten, we saw what we were missing, and we were missing an explosive arm and an explosive playmaker um, in Penix. And yep. that's what we were missing, and... Again, you're right with with the 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 batted balls, and we had a couple batted balls. I remember, and we had a couple uh, close calls with Jamar, and a couple um, with Reese. And I, man, that dude. And again, how many times was OK Corral? I I should probably just call him Matt Corral. He kicked our ass, and he was winning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I should probably quit ripping him because Mister Mister Corral, if you would. He he played a great game. How many times did we almost get him down? And he was a miracle to get out of there. I mean, he he's looking like Aaron Rodgers escaping the pocket a few times. Looking, you know, so um, weird. Just hats off to hats off to Ole Miss. That's all I can say. Yeah, good for them. Whatever. I mean, I think have- if we play them ten times, we beat them seven. Everything went against us that could. Can we play? And, and, and that's. Bowl game with a starting lineup, like a real starting lineup. Our number ones everywhere. Think about, think about the pinstripe bowl. We were missing Jordan Howard. Think yep. about, think about uh, uh, last year in the Gator Bowl. No Penix. This year, no Penix. Like, can we just get one year where we have, where we have all of our starters? Now again, you look at them. They're missing their All American wide receiver and their number one tight end. Blah, blah, blah. Number one yeah, running it back. Matter. You know, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Mullen would have shut down that All-American anyway, so it doesn't matter. But um, I, I think we should start stop harping so much on this game, and let's introduce a new segment. Love it. Let's I got a lot it. of players, dude. I have like nine players. I love this segment. I'm stoked about this. <laughs> well, just pick one if you could. I think we're, we're running a little – a little over on time because we've got a couple of questions this week too. Um, and I want to get to a little bit of some good news at the end of the pod too. So um, okay. let's stick to one. We'll see how quickly we get through one and then maybe we'll go to two. So I'm going to say two because it's also my show and I can do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. You are a co-host, not just a feature. So, um, all right. So the new segment is uh stock rising and stock falling. 
Uh, so let's start with the bad news. Let's start with the stock falling. I'll let you go first. Who's your first stock falling and why? David Ellis. He did nothing with his limited stats. He He's made how many costly errors throughout the season. Let's stick him at wide receiver, allow him to do one position and one position well, because him being a wildcat running back, Wide receiver, I'm over the experiment. Stick, he's not Antoine Randall L. Stick him at one position and have him be good at one position. I'm tired. Like, look at the snaps he took away from Baldwin and Stevie Scott. They were wasted snaps, wasted plays. I'm over the David Ellis experiment. I think he's got all the talent in the world, but kind of like Reese Taylor. You know, like when we, we experimented with Reese on the emphasis offensive side, we put him at the position he was best at and he's excelling. Let's put David at the position he's best at and let him excel. Yeah, I think that what they're trying to do is he's a playmaker. That's why he's a kick returner. That's why he plays the positions that he does on offense. So they're trying to get him the ball as much as possible. But I agree. He's not a Big Ten running back. And it's not anything to do with his speed, his quickness, any of that stuff. He's just not big enough to do that. Yep. And we saw running that. him I, between the tackles. I mean, I almost screamed into your throw pillows like nine times, dude. I was so mad that we just kept putting him between the tackles when he is not a between the tackles runner. It was yeah. so infuriating. Yep. Yep. Five for 16 was his, uh, his running stats with a long of six. So. He also cost us the Ohio state game and I haven't forgave him. So. He drops a touchdown pass. Penix throws a pick six the next play. Well, he, he dropped a touchdown pass, and he had that fumble on fourth down. I think it was fourth In, down. in the red zone. In, in the, the red, red zone. zone. In the red zone. Poor kid. That's all right. Bounce back, bub. I know you but listen. I'm, so I'm, I'm, he, he's on my shit list. I have another player that you're going to get mad at, too, because I know you love David Ellis. I'm going to rip on another player you love. I'm about uh, to take him, probably. My I first got. stock falling is Peyton Hendershot. Ooh, uh, I, that was not mine, but wasn't it? I'm, I'm, about, I'm about done with him. He can go to the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to get there anymore, man. Do they still have the XFL or whatever Johnny Manziel's going to? Maybe he can go there because backyard football zero, or some stupid shit. Zero catches and a huge drop in the third quarter. I think it was the third quarter. It was early the, in the third quarter. Third and short, I think. And the dude just it, right in his hands. It was a little behind him. But I'm, I mean, I'm catching that, bro. And I'm maybe taking it to the house against that defense. And it's not even like it's not because he wasn't getting the targets. The guy probably wasn't even getting open. Again, haven't gone back and rewatched it because I don't want to. I don't like to do that stuff after we lose. I'm just like real sick about it. But he had a disappointing year. Yeah, yeah, major. It, 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 same with David Ellis. It didn't start in the old Miss game. Neither, neither Ellis or Hendershot's stock has been plummeting for a while yep i agree what's your second stock falling i thought you were gonna i'm gonna switch it over because there was another offensive player but we both already said offensive players so i'm gonna go with cam jones he had a great year he made plays all year he again i haven't looked i haven't watched the game but i can name three or four big tackles including one big sack that led to a Matt Corral run that was for a first down. It was like a third and seven, third and eight. They were in fringe field goal territory, probably high twenties, low thirties, our side of the field. We sack him at the 35 yard line. They're probably punting or going for it on fourth and 12. He, he dodges Cam Jones. He runs for a first down. Um, I think that it may have been the possession that they missed the field goal, but it doesn't matter, right? It still probably took an additional two, two and a half minutes off the clock, which proved very costly. Um, and he had, he had such a good year. I just felt like he was trying to do too much. Um, he made no big plays and missed a bunch of tackles. So uh, unlike my first pick, David Ellis, who, who's been plummeting for a while, I do think this was a one-game anomaly for Cam Jones because Cam Jones is a damn good player. Yeah, I think he's explosive, man. And, it, and those big time explosive playmakers will ha that'll happen. I know that I'll say it for your team, your boy. Uh, uh, what's his name? Bud Dupree 
he'll have games every now and then where where he's just missing his tackles or he'll miss this guy or he'll or he'll have a bad game but that's because he's an explosive player he's a playmaker uh jones is a playmaker man right team wrong player minka fitzpatrick jumps so he jumps so many routes and gets burned for 80 yard touchdowns all the time and it's so frustrating but you live with it because he also is probably one of the most top 10 dynamic defensive player in the league. Yeah, he can win. I don't think Cam Jones is there yet, but I think that's a great analogy. I I do think, you know, big-time players try to make big-time plays. And unfortunately, he just didn't in this game. Sure. All right, let's get to my second stock following. My second stock following is going to be um, not a player. That's right. It's not a coach. My stock falling is uh, Indy Star beat writers and IU basketball pods trying to do IU football potting. Guys, <clears throat> just stop, please. Like, it doesn't hurt me. Like, you guys can keep doing it if you want, but you're, like, really bad at analyzing football. Um, especially <laughs> um, that writer that – I'm sorry, I just got it <coughs> choked up a little bit um some guy that writes for uh, a newspaper in indianapolis is like all over twitter he's flip-flop snip snap snip snap flip-flop flip-flop back and forth on whether or not he wants to like this team or he hates the team um just stop guys like thank you i guess for supporting the team a little bit and whatever you guys think you're supporting the team in um and then as far as like the podcast stuff goes like guys just stick to to rubbing on Archie Miller's midsection and talking about how good these five-star recruits are that don't never see the court and stuff like that but because it's not working for you on football because the breakdowns in the middle of the game when we're down seven points saying how this is the worst game we've ever played in 90 years or whatever it is um just stop I'll stop I'll stop too but that's my stock falling. Indy beat yeah, we, we, we certainly touched on it enough in the reaction pod. So I, I'm only going to say one thing. And I'm, I'm going to reiterate exactly what I said in, in the, in the post, in the post game pod. It's what Tom Allen wants the least, right? Like you guys interview Tom, you guys are bigger than us. You're bigger than we'll ever be. How, what would Tom Allen say if he saw your tweets? What would Tom Allen say if he heard the way you talk about the team? Stop it with the toxic bullshit. There's a way to be factual, which I believe you and I are, and there's a way to be clickbaity. Knock it off because it's embarrassing. And that's it. Done covering that topic. For me. (laughs) You you can keep going, but I'm I'm done with it. I'm done, too. I'm done, too. All right, let's go to the positive. Everything else, I think, maybe except for a couple questions or one of the questions. Um, will be positive the rest of the st- rest of the pod here. So stock yeah. rising, I'll start if you don't mind. Go ahead. Um, my first stock rising is Michael Penix. Um, for obvious reasons, I think the offense just looks. Talk about low hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah, that's really both of them are. I think for me, the second one. If you can't guess what the second one is, it's you just you haven't been listening to the pod yet. But uh, my first one's Michael Penix. The offense just looks super dormant without him. Um. There were no deep balls, no explosive plays. Now, the deep balls he threw, total threw. Again, I'm not trying to rip on the kid. He may have been playing with a separated shoulder the entire game, which is crazy and good for him. And it shows a ton of toughness, but the deep balls weren't there. He wasn't hitting. I know that there was one play, I think, to Freifogel or Marshall where he was just late, super late on a deep ball, and it cost us a touchdown. Those are things Penix was doing all year. And it's just something that our offense missed. Um, I can't say again. I don't want to go back to the Wisconsin game. The Wisconsin game was a win. It was an impressive win. It was a win against the number one overall defense in the country. So I don't want to go there. But against this defense, Michael Penix would have made a big difference. We score 50 plus. Um, I don't think there's really a question. Um, All right. No, I, you're you're right, dude. I mean... I love that we're going to get two years of him. I I would have loved for him to be healthy all year. Us go to a New York six bowl and he gets drafted. That would have been the ideal year for us. Us, us get a layup into the fiesta 
He goes down to Arizona, lights up fucking Oregon for 450 yards, and he gets drafted here in, in the upcoming spring. Yep. Now, with, now with two knee, two knee injuries, he's not going. At not, least not, not early. At least yeah. not early. So we get two years of Michael Penix, and he is our entire team is night and day. I was re-watching the Penn State game um, earlier this week. He's electric on the sidelines, too. Like, his teammates love him. It, it, that's such, like, a, a cliche, and, and Tuttle didn't have enough games, but – you know, you see Michael Penix jumping up and down on the sidelines. You see him shoulder, you know, you know, pad popping his his defensive players when they come off the field. He's just an electric teammate, an electric player. You're absolutely right. It's so exciting knowing we have Michael Penix under center for at least 24 more games in an IU jersey. Um, it's it's just super, super exciting. Yeah, for sure. And I can't wait. I, I just please, please, whoever's up there that I'm talking to staring at my ceiling, just let him play a full year, man. Just let him have a full year and stop getting hurt. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. What's so your if first I, if stock I'm rising? Rip, if I'm going to rip the David Ellis experiment, I got to say I want more of the Tim Baldwin experiment. Yes. Um, I loved what he showed. Not too much different stature than... Uh, then David Ellis, I mean, they're, they're they're pretty similar dudes, but the guy makes plays. He he he's just exciting to watch. Um, I think we gotta find more plays for him next year. And I think if we remove David Ellis out of the backfield, we we slide Baldwin right in. I mean, we didn't see Baldwin until middle of the year, so that's one player that I'm super excited. Um, I mean, think about who our slot receivers can be next year. We got maybe WAP if he comes back. We got Matthews from Florida State, and we got David Ellis. That leaves a lot of background carries. One guy I didn't say was stock falling was Samson James, um, but uh, we're, we're not doing stock falling. I would love to see Baldwin take some of Samson James and David Ellis's snaps just because I absolutely love that kid's ability and i'm excited to see what he does what he does next year yep and i've talked about him before i really like him too i don't want him to take samson james's snaps i you know what here's a hot take i wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't go back to the portal yep i think he's gone and i don't think this isn't an indictment on him i i know that maybe you feel that way but i don't think it i think he had some stuff come up that we're not hearing about um some of the stuff I've read is some personal things. So hopefully he can get that stuff figured out and go back to the Samson James he was last year. Cause that kid was, that kid's a beast, man. He's got so much potential. He's built exactly like Stevie Scott, but yep. better. So totally. My other stock rising is uh, Jamar Johnson. Um, of course. <laughs> The he most had, predictable thing of all time. Exactly. He had a great game. I mean, leading tackler. Um, he looked one of the very few explosive players out there on the field. Um, was finishing everything. I don't remember him having a, a broken tackle. I do remember him cleaning up a bunch of broken tackles. Um, and the only thing that kept him from being my first stock rising was we had a couple near interceptions that usually he will finish off that he didn't finish off this game. Um, but man, this kid is, <laughs> this kid came on strong this year. And so, so this is how down dude. I was, Michael. I, again, I already mentioned, I was, I watched the, uh, the Penn state game. I also watched the Michigan game where he had that non interception where he covered about 15 yards in two seconds. Do you remember that? It was the first drive of Michigan and they took a shot on third and long and they had him. They, I don't know who the corner was. I don't know if it was. It probably wasn't Taiwan, but it was probably Reese or, or Jalen. And Jamar comes out of nowhere, like like physically out of nowhere. He wasn't even on the screen and grabs the ball out of midair. Jamar Johnson is going to be playing NFL on Sundays. And when he's back next year, holy cow, sky's the limit for, for that guy. Yep. The kid's, the kid's special, man. That's one of those special talents. Again, not a four-star recruit, not a five-star recruit, but he plays like it. The kid is a monster, 
and he's just yep. being developed and they're allowing him to be the player that he wants to be and playing him in those positions, whether he's playing at Husky or he's playing at safety, the kid makes plays and I'm excited to see what he can do next year. So who's your second soccerizing? So it wouldn't be a Brandon segment if I didn't have some sort of special teams. And I got to absolutely give it up to Chucky Campbell. Chucky. Chucky Campbell. Is, IU has been blessed with some really good kickers over the years. That That's, that's a position it always seems like is, is a point of emphasis. I mean, we, we've literally played the Austin Star clip to, to kick this thing off a few times. The guy's an NFL kicker. I mean, he makes – he drainos 50-yarders left and right. And they were – can you imagine if we had a old Miss-style kicker? We're not even in this game, Michael. He drained two 50-yarders to give us a chance. Um, it's just such a weapon to be able to say, oh, we're at the 35-yard line. Oh, we're at the 30-yard line. Like – most colleges, if you guys, if they're not in the 25 or below, it's going for it. We, the IU has 10 more yards to play with because of this kid. And it's an absolute weapon. Kickers and punters also props to Hayden Whitehead. He, he flipped the field a couple times too. Thanks, um, uh, just a plus special teams on, on that side from, from the kicker and punter. So I'm glad Chucky's coming back. It, it, it'll give us another way to score points, which which is always like you need you need points to win a game. And I, I think I think it's a valued position that I love. Tom Allen is cares so much about. That's great, uh, and I totally agree. I think our kicking squad is set, <clears throat> hopefully for a while. You know we're it, losing. Michael, it could have been twenty to nothing midway through the third quarter, and the game is over. Yeah, without yeah. Chuck Campbell. Without Chuck that. Campbell, it's 20 to nothing. I mean, the dude bombed a 52, 53, maybe 54. 53, 53, 53. in between, in between 53 yarder. Um, nailed it. So, and a perfect transition from kicking. Let's talk about our sponsor. Our sponsor today, and always, at least for now, is the Monon Track Club. The Monon Track Club is Indiana's running brand built on a deep love for the sport in the Hoosier State. They craft products, tell stories, and create experiences that aim to celebrate, support, and add to Indiana's running culture. As a thank you to our listeners, they're offering customers 10% off their purchase. To learn more, check out MononTrackClub.com and use the code LEO10, that's LEO10, at checkout. Check out the show notes for the link. And now let's wrap it up here, Brando. Let's get to some quick, quick, quick questions and a little bit of good news at the very end. So um, we've got two questions, both of them coming from Twitter. You can send us your questions on Twitter at podcast LEO, or you can send them to us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash podcast LEO. The first one comes from set of five. That's S E T A five S E T A H five. He wants to know if the game ruined Outback Steakhouse for us. I've never been to Outback Steakhouse. Mother. Oh it my is, God. It's, it's part of Bonefish, and they have Bang Bang Shrimp. That's phenomenal. So I'm a fan of the, the Umbrella Company. Never have I ever been to Outback, though. Sorry about you. Okay. Well, let me break something down for you real quick. Outback's been in my family since I was like two. Um, Uncle ran the one in Castleton for like years. Either way, I've eaten there for like ever. Haven't eaten there for a while now, but eaten there for whatever. And the way that I, I put this, the way that I answered this in my head was, did Michael Jordan playing for the Wizards ruin his legacy? No. Outback is the goat and nothing can ruin it. Maybe rats. Maybe Purdue winning it next year. I don't know, but I don't even think that would ruin it. That's what I'm telling you. Outback is the goat, bro. Outback is the best. I can't wait for you to take me out to dinner to Outback so I can experience it. I'm going to take you and my buddy Seth. My buddy yeah, Seth take, has never been. Take him. I'm, 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 we're both Outback virgins. And Garrett, the owner of MTC. I'm pretty sure he's never gone either. Well, so. Let's have a good time and definitely not shit on Tuttle anymore. <laughs> All right. The other question. And this one, I don't think we're going to really do right now. But it's kind of a good question. 
uh, at Smith underscore Matt 13. He's been on the pod before. He asked another question. Next year's schedule. Have you looked at it? Pretty tough. He wants our predictions. I don't think we're going to do predictions today, but I think we're going to a bowl. I can tell you that much. What do you think? So we, we, we improved this year. We improved the year before that. Can we improve this year? I guess the only improvement would be making the Big Ten championship. I don't know. It looked like Ohio State's true freshman quarterback wasn't that good in the game I watched. Clifford, the big red dogs coming back. There's no quarterbacks coming at Michigan or Michigan State. Name me a Big Ten East squad that has a quarterback better than Penix. I don't think you can name one. So, yes, I think we will have a better season, and I think we're playing in Indianapolis next year, and I'm probably going to get naked on Indiana half. Oh, my God. Hold back just a little bit. We'll set. We'll have a whole pod for that in about six months. But maybe maybe seven. How far away are we? Seven months? Maybe we'll do like seven months from now when we actually know who's coming. Speaking of coming and staying, that was a weird transition. Speaking <laughs> of coming. Speaking, yeah. speaking of who's going to play for IU next year, uh, we did get some good news. I've actually had two names, I think, added to my list. I've only got three names added to the players that are going to come back, seniors. Yes, we have two more. Uh, I got Mike Ziemba. Uh Uh-huh. Raheem Lane. Uh Uh-huh. Our number zero, by the way. And a guy that I said I didn't miss that I think I really miss, man. You're an idiot. I I really miss Marcelino Ball. Guy's built like a shit brick house. He is going to come back on a mission. He is going to wreck shit house. Did you say it on it? Never mind. I said shit brick. Yeah, I know you were right. I said it the wrong way. I don't know. Brick. Yeah, doesn't matter. I'm not. I'm so excited about Marcelino Ball coming back. Uh, I I I don't. You know, I think Lane only gives gives us four phenomenal corners. I mean, we talked about how you love rotating. Um, if if when we can roll out Taiwan, Reese, Jalen, and Lane. No one's ever going to catch a ball ever again. Um, I really like the way he's built. If I can say that without being a little creepy, I like the way that kid's built, man. 6'1", 200 pounds. That's a yep. good size for a corner. That's what we want in, in our corners now. We used to want that like small um, 5'10", 5'11", but 6'1", 200, that's a good-sized corner. And to have totally. his experience come back would will be uh, a good addition. Who are the other two? Yeah, so I mean, I think we're burying Michael Ziemba. Um, he he doesn't do anything great, but he also always seems to do the right thing. And in our offense, sometimes you or our defense, sometimes you just got to take up blockers. And he's a great job. He does a great job of taking up blockers. So um, love to see his weird eighty-seven flowing hair on the field next year. I think that's don't don't, don't bury that lead. Uh, the the other two don't. Three, actually. Um, the other three aren't near as big. Uh, we got our kickoff specialist, Jared Smolar, coming back. We have our tight end who got from South Alabama. He transferred last year, got injured in training camp, and never never even saw the field this year because of injury. Um, if, if Hendershot does go to the NFL, he's a guy that could slide in there. He, he, was, a, he was a significant grad transfer. But probably the, the one that you didn't cover is Mackenzie Nora is, is coming back this year. I think a guy we're about to talk about um, makes him a little irrelevant, but it, nev- it never hurts to have great backup linemen. And I also heard that guy's super smart. I think he like already had his Kelly degree and he might already have his master's degree. Um, so having smart veteran players on your offensive line is always phenomenal news. So just to recap, because we we covered it kind of fast, Michael Ziemba, defensive end, Raheem Lane, cornerback, Marcelino Ball, wrecking crew, uh, Taylor, tight end, Smolar, kicker, and Mackenzie Nora, guard. Those those are all players who have said they're coming back. I wasn't going to touch on the player that you were touching on, I think. Coming and touching, Michael. Yeah, touching. I've said a lot of weird stuff here to wrap up the pod. Why don't we? Why don't we? Uh, 
talk about incoming players. Yeah, there, there's there's a major one. There, there's next, a major. I was going to say next week, but we can talk about it now. Talk Let's about talk about it? it now. I mean, it's huge. I mean, we're, we're we're gaining we're gaining a starter. I mean, you heard us absolutely drool over the DJ Matthews transfer, which is huge. DJ Matthews is going to make an impact. Army All American. Michael, where, what was our weakest position group this year? What was our weakest position group? Offensive line. Right? Don't we aren't we getting a transfer that would be a starter on an offensive lineman? How about you? How about you tell the listeners some details? Because I think this got buried because it happened the night before the bowl game. Um, so his name's Zach Carpenter. He started three games for Michigan this year. He was a backup as a true freshman. And because of this year, you can transfer with no penalty. He will be coming here as a true sophomore. And I think he starts immediately. His name is Zach Carpenter. I think we can plug him at center, move Kreider back to guard. And I think that I think Kreider's natural position is guard. So I think we put him at center, Kreider at right guard, and I think that drastically improves our offensive line, which is, again, we're doing a Old Miss breakdown, our worst position group. You can say whatever you want about Tuttle. Our offensive line got abused. Yeah. Not just this game, it got abused all year. Yeah, this is a huge, huge addition. Yeah, I agree. You know, had he had more time, we're not going to go back into it. Had he had more time. Maybe we have a different game, but yeah, this kid's this kid's big man, six five, three ten. Played at Moeller in Cincinnati. It's a big time high school. Um, I mean, he's not a huge rated recruit, but we we talk about that all the time. You don't need five star, four star, whatever recruits. Look at Michigan. <laughs> I mean, look how bad they are. They're loaded with five star kids, and it doesn't matter. It's all about coaching, development, everything else, and getting, you know, with, especially with offensive linemen. Honestly, you could get... played at Michigan his freshman year. Yeah. I don't care how bad they are. No, you just it said matter. it. You know how stacked Michigan is? If you yeah. can get on the field as a true freshman in a position of need, fucking huge. Yeah, so that's good. So um, the other piece of good news, because we got to wrap this up. This is probably one of our longer ones so far, actually. Episode... Nine is going to be the longest one. But uh, the other piece of good news, and it's something that we kind of touched on in our post-game pod, which we were really strong and really um, opposed to it. Both of us were. Um, I feel like the fan support has come back around a lot. I think after the game, I think everybody was a little... <sighs> everybody was a little over the top because we were such high favorites. We were so ready and so anticipating an easy win against a mediocre sec team. well what we thought was a mediocre sec team that i think everybody was was pissed and what i think's happened in the last week um has it been a week it hasn't been a week in the last few days it has not been it's been five days God, it feels like it's been a week um in the last few days is that i think we filtered out a lot of the frauds a lot of the fake IU football fans, the people that don't understand what it's like to go one and 11, one and 12. And we've, we've gotten those, the real fans back and back on board. And the momentum I think is back with the program. Now, are you feeling the same thing? I've been way too optimistic, <laughs> but I'm, it's so easy to identify people that were like, Oh, I use top 10. Now I'll be a fan. Yeah, you and I sat through monsoons. We've sat through three and eight seasons. We we we've we've been there, and I don't want to be one of those guys that we've been there forever because I really haven't. I, I've been an IU fan for less than ten years, um, but at least when we talk about the game, we talk about it objectively with facts, and we don't give up immediately. A lot of people played themselves, and you're absolutely right. The, the the accounts on on social media that that have turned face you know who you are and and you listeners know who they are and for you for you guys that have stuck with us thank you uh, i'm not just saying us as leo podcast like us as in fans um you know we're here and and you you heard us talk about it a couple of podcasts ago iu football's going nowhere and tom allen we trust 
Um, and I completely agree. Uh, the fake, the fake fans have cycled themselves out and, and the real guys are talking about Zach Carpenter on a Wednesday night at nine 40. That's right. And speaking of real guys, these two guys will be back with you next week. We need to wrap this one up. I don't know what we're going to talk about. We're going to tell you want to talk about recruiting class next week. No, I think next week, uh, we'll obviously have WAP's decision, Mike's decision, Fry Fogel's decision. If they come back, what impact does that make? If they're going, where are they getting drafted? Who do we replace them with? So I I do think it it won't be an hour and 15 minute pod like, like we're doing today, but I think we got 30 or 40 minutes because those are all some massive decisions. I don't think we've seen the last of the the transfer portal right now. We have Chamar Reese defensive end um, who's in the transfer portal, but I think we'll probably have more transfer portal guys. So I, I think we'll have some team turnover to talk about next week. All right. Well, let's talk about it next week. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to make myself a nightcap, uh, sleep like a baby, and conquer work tomorrow, Mike. That a boy. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Elio. 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 Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right. Great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day. Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day. And Elio. Oh, thank you so much. Elio. Well, thanks so much, Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that. Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day. Elio. Awesome. Elio. Elio.